Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Almost sounds like I plan to lead our discussion of Auburn football changing coaches right into our next guest who happens to be in Alabama and just wrote a book about Bo Jackson. I had, that was like total coincidence that one led to the other. But welcome back, Ben Woods. 7 a.m. here uh, in San Diego on 97.3 The Fan. But we're joined right now on our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline by uh, author Jeff Perlman. I think the last time we chatted with him was when we were following along with uh, Winning Time, which was based on his Lakers book, Showtime. So amazing, such fun stuff. And now he's got his new book out. It is called The Last True Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. And Jeff Perlman joins us right now on 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, Jeff. I just want to say, um, now that Winning Time is out, and I'm a major, major Hollywood player, Yeah, um, you'll be shocked to know that I'm in Dothan, Alabama right now, at the $64 a night Homewood Suites Ooh. with a, I don't want to brag here, free continental breakfast. Um, Paulie was, I just heard you talking to Paulie, our producer, and Paulie goes, well, I love a good continental breakfast. I typically am a fan as well, but. Well, Jeff said, I didn't say it was a good continental breakfast. It's just a continental breakfast. Yeah, it's a continental breakfast. So <laughs> when can, when is the, the, the mini series starting on Bo Jackson? Because again, <laughs> I, I would watch the hell out of that. Have you already sold the rights? How, I mean, you strike while the iron's hot. We talked a little bit about that. That yesterday, you got to strike while the iron's hot, and the iron is certainly hot. You know, um, I did sell the rights, actually. Amazing. Nice. <laughs> I you. actually did. You're the first person to ask. Um, winning time definitely changed. It's weird how it works. Like, uh, I'm the same guy, same writer, same everything, but it, all of a sudden your catalog gets a little hot because you you have a show that worked out. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so Bo Jackson was swooped up. Half my freaking books are swooped up now. It doesn't mean anything will ever happen to any of them. Such a long shot, but um, not your problem. Not <laughs> no, not well. It's my problem only in that it'd be a lot nicer if they do get swooped yeah, up financially and just life wise. But yeah, man, it's pretty sweet. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And I don't know if I mentioned this: free continental breakfast. Right. Free continental breakfast for everybody. So it's right there in the title. the The last true folk hero, the life and exactly myth. The last folk hero, no true. No, no just the last folk hero, the life and myth yeah. though, of Bo Jackson. And I was trying to figure out what what is it that makes Bo Jackson. So fascinating. It's, it's got to be a number of things. Obviously, there, there's stories, but he came up just a little bit before we knew everything about every athlete. Yeah. So there, I think there still remains a slight air of mystery about Bo Jackson that maybe modern-day athletes, uh, the mystery's kind of gone because we know so much and we, we saw LeBron growing up and things like that, but we didn't necessarily see it with Bo Jackson. I just think he um, truly is as much Paul Bunyan as he is LeBron James. Like, he... I always say this. This is just a, a taste here. He's from McAdory High School in Alabama. In high school, he won back-to-back state decathlon championships, wow. wearing his sweatpants the entire time. His second decathlon championship, 
he didn't want to run the 1500 the last event, so he got so many points ahead he didn't have to. Oh my god! While on a sprained ankle, the day after winning the decathlon, uh, his baseball team needed a guy to pitch a game. He hadn't pitched all year. He struck out 13 people in, in the win. He um he stole 90 out of 91 bases in high school. Oh my he had a single season national home run record with 20 in only 25 games because he missed seven because of track. Um, he. He won the Heisman Trophy. He ran a four one three forty. Goes to the Raiders. They don't believe him. They have him run a forty on grass in pads. He runs a four one nine. They think they misdid it. They do it again. He runs a four one seven. His first major league at bat for the Kansas City Royals against the White Sox. He's facing Steve Carlton, three hundred twenty one game winner. His first hit is his first at bat. He grounds to second base, beats the throw. The guys behind home plate clock him. Don't believe their their stopwatches are correct. Check with one another. They got him at a 3-6, which is the second fastest home-to-first base run ever by a right-handed hitter. And I never mentioned this in interviews, I always forget. One day he was taking BP in Minneapolis at the uh, Metrodome, and he decided to do it lefty, and he hit the second farthest home run in the history of the stadium. <laughs> lefty. He was not a lefty. He was a righty. Like, all right, so... So how? Like, you hear the stories of, of guys. Like, one of my favorite stories that I ever heard was about Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice, I think his dad was in construction or was a, like a bricklayer, and he used to yeah. throw bricks to Jerry. And Jerry would have, as a kid, like a like a little kid, and he'd have to catch him, and he got those really, really soft hands. Also, kind of toughened his hands up, catching bricks from his old man. You hear those, um, you know, you hear those those stories. Maybe they're myths, maybe they're not. But what were the, some of the myths you uncovered uh, about Bo Jackson? I mean, was he like, was he like riding bulls and stuff at age seven? Like, how did he get so athletic, so tough? All right, so there's definitely it's funny. Jerry Rice is from Mississippi. I've written books about Walter Payton from Mississippi, Brett Favre from Mississippi, and now Bo Jackson from Alabama. And there's definitely something to the idea of kids that era in the Deep South beating the living snot out of each other yeah. all day and becoming athletes because of that. And Bo Jackson's real name is Vincent Edwards. And his nickname is Bo because when he was a little kid, this is a true story. Him and a couple of friends went to a neighboring farm with with sticks and they spent three days. They found the biggest hog in the farm and they spent three days beating the living crap out of the hog trying to kill the hog. So for three days, this hog would not die. And they kept beating it and beating it and beating it and beating it. And Bo ended up getting caught and, and in trouble. And his nickname went from boar hog. They'd call him boar hog to bow hog for short for Borhag, to Bo. And his childhood truly was one of like deep, deep truancy and poverty. Wow. Where he was he was throwing crab apples and rocks at kids. He was a school bully. He was sprinting across ditches. His house where he grew up in had a five and a half foot fence surrounding it. The only way out the exit um, could be seen from his mother's bedroom. So he would go to the other side and practice jumping over the fence, flat footed. So there really is, you know how nowadays, I mean, we're all in Southern California, right? Nowadays, it's like, I'm going to hire this tutor to teach my kid how to do so-and-so. And sure. look, little Jimmy can throw a fastball really well at age seven. So I'm going to hire Randy Jones to teach him how to blah, blah, blah. Like, none of that. It was, mom, I'm going to be gone for the day. And I'm going to go throw crab apples at cars. And I'm going to beat up some kid and take his lunch. And <laughs> I'm going to escape him by jumping over a ditch. And to get home, I'm going to leap over the five and a half foot fence in front of my house. Like, that was his athletic training. Talking to author Jeff Perlman uh, about Bo Jackson here on Ben and Woods, and I guess the other part of the the myth of Bo Jackson, and and even though he's he's still alive, it's yep. it's the the cutting short of the career. It's that it's the Kennedy, it's the 
you know, never really seeing him grow old and lose a step and wondering what if. I mean, the people that you talked to, what was the what was the projection if he didn't have the the hip injury, if he had stayed healthy? What did everyone say that that Bo could have ended up being in the long run? So if he had never played football and he just stuck with baseball and really dedicated himself to baseball and went to the Winter League and played in the Dominican, uh, Mike Trout, Mickey Mantle, like that level of insane talent. And in football, if he'd never made it play just half seasons, if he devoted himself full-time to football, Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, Earl Campbell, like he's the greatest athlete that we've ever seen. There's honestly, I don't even see an argument against it. He, um, the way things were going, if he had played football, he was a better football player than baseball player, more natural. I think he would have wound up, and if he played 10 years in the NFL, even part-time, he would have had sort of Dickerson numbers. And if he played baseball at the rate he's going, he probably would have been Sean Green, which is pretty great. Um, but, it, you know, he had the hip injury, and that was it. And in a lot of ways, I will say, his greatest achievement is he played two years of Major League Baseball on an artificial hip and not like a modern artificial hip, like your grandma's artificial hip from 1991. It's crazy. It is nuts. And I'm looking at his numbers here and, you know, you look at the numbers and you go, yeah, I mean, certainly I just remember, I remember these freakish things like running up the wall, uh, makes a catch and then runs like a semicircle along the wall. Things that, things that I'd never seen anybody do before. Obviously uh, Ben and I are both 47 years old. Um, Ben almost 47 in a couple of days. But, I mean, that Bo Nose poster was on my wall uh, as a kid. I made my dad take me to the mall. I mowed lawns so that I could get the Bo Jackson cross trainers. I didn't know what cross training was, um, but they got me. They, they lured me in. I mean, you think about the money that Nike made uh, from those posters, those shoes. I mean, it's staggering. It's, it's not Jordan-esque, but it's, it was up there at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, wait, so one of my favorite stories is um, 1989 All-Star Game is in Anaheim. And Bo Jackson is leading off for the American League. Tony LaRusa met with him and Wade Boggs the day before and said, Wade, would you be okay with Bo hitting leadoff? Great. And it's this beautiful day in Southern California. Ronald Reagan and Vince Scully in the booth calling the game for NBC. And Nike has this big ad campaign that's about to debut that day. And it's the Bo Knows ad campaign. And it's in particular the Bo You Don't Know Diddley ad campaign yep, where so you have John McEnroe and Jordan and all those guys. So all the Nike executives are watching the game from Mickey Mantle's restaurant in Manhattan. They're all just, they've congregated to watch it. And it's a huge pressure moment for them. This ad coming out, what's going to happen? Well, Bo, second pitch of the game, hits a home run, just a majestic home run over Eric Davis in center field. Hits the, you know, the batter's eye, bouncing around. Some BYU student grabs the ball. And Bo just jogging around the bases with Ronald Reagan and Vince Scully talking. And in Manhattan, at Mickey Mantle's restaurant, these Nike execs are going crazy. They're like jumping up and down and screaming and yelling because they know it's the most serendipitous moment in advertising history. Yeah. And that thing, he just blew up from that day. Now, Jeff, we know uh, the Lakers weren't exactly thrilled, especially with the, the winning time portrayal uh, on HBO. Um, we haven't, I haven't heard much. What, what does Bo Jackson think? Or have you heard about what he thinks about your book? Well, I do want to say, first of all, uh, the Lakers had no beef with my book. The book. Like, it was just the mini book. Yeah, yeah, it was just the yeah, mini Yeah, yeah, they had yeah. no beef with my book. Um, I don't know how Bo feels about it. He, um, you know, I I, uh, I spoke with him on the phone when I was first working on the project. He was uh, reluctant. Like, he was nice. He was friendly. But he's like, ah, people approach me all the time. I don't care if you do this book, but I don't know if I'm going to help. 
And then I actually got really lucky because Bo wrote an autobiography in 1990 called Bo Knows Bo. He did it with Dick Shap. And before Dick Shap passed away, he donated all the audio interviews he did, all the transcripts, everything from that project to the Auburn Library. So I ended up uncovering about 500 pages of Bo Jackson interviews that had never been heard. So that was really big for me as a reporter. Um, I hope he likes it. It's kind of a love letter to Bo Jackson. There's some, there's some little things here and there that he probably won't love, but the book as a whole, I've basically spent two weeks now telling everyone why Bo Jackson's the greatest athlete who ever lived. It's amazing, because when we started the show today, we mentioned that you were coming on, and I said, this is an interesting question. You know, guys our age, Ben, I said, do we overrate Bo Jackson? And after talking to you, I don't think that we do. I think that he is properly rated, maybe even a bit underrated. And, you know, it, it, it has it inspired me to go back and watch some of the highlights that I remember being a little kid and, and being fascinated with this guy that, you know, played two. Like, we saw Deion Sanders play two sports. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. No. I mean, it was completely, no. completely different. Uh, man, and also fascinating. We, we're in this era now where every kid is like, he, I, look, I looked at Bo Jackson's numbers and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like. Numbers don't always tell the story. They just don't. And in this case in particular, if you want to know the story of Bo Jackson, you really want to know, if you're listening to this, go to YouTube, type in Bo Jackson wall, and tell me if you've ever seen anyone else climb never. a wall. Never. Ever. I've never, never seen anything like that. Never been done like before, that. never since. I've, I've never seen anything like that, ever. It was incredible. Just the running up the wall. Go. Everyone should go to their local park today and try it. See how that goes for you. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be you're going to be getting uh you're going to be getting lawyers bills from broken necks. Yeah, exactly. Uh so uh I mean how tough is the book tour thing anyway? Uh, I mean obviously continental breakfast and the glory of that aside. You would hate it, fancy boy. Well, you I know, would I mean, hate I, it. You know, I've been to what? Alabama before. Dreamland barbecue is really good. You probably hit that once or twice. Um you know what? I like it. I like talking to people. It's uh, to me, I'm just being honest, when someone buys your book, it's such an honor that someone's taking the time to yep. buy something you bought. And if they want to talk to you and hear a story, to me, that's it's blissful. And you work so hard. There's a writer named Lee Montville who said years ago, and I've never forgotten, he's like, being a book writer is so weird because you basically put yourself in a cave for two years and you come out in the sun for two weeks. So like right now I'm in the sun and people are talking to me and they want to hear about the book. And it's just an honor to talk about it. So I, I don't, I'm not a fancy guy. I don't mind being in a sixty-four dollar motel. I don't mind getting the content. I like Fruit Loops and a, a Styrofoam ball. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty. Happy. I really do. I swear to God, like, I, I love all that stuff. And it's also fun to document on social media because it is really funny. So I'm all in. Uh, let me ask you this: Talking to Jeff Perlman, author of the last uh, folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson. Pick it up now. Uh, wherever you get your books. I wanted to ask you this. What is next for you? Because you just said, you know, that the life of a writer is weird. You got to lock. You know that the hole is coming again, the cave uh, at some point. What are you, can you tell us what you're working on next? So I'm, I'm in the process of kind of negotiating the next book deal and I'm super paranoid. So I can't tell you, That's fine. I can tell you, I can tell you in a twist. So season two of winning time being filmed now. And yes. uh, I don't want to brag, but a certain, Southern California-based nerdy Jewish reporter who might have attended the University of Delaware will be playing in episode six a slightly nerdy Jewish reporter who attended the University of Delaware. Sometimes parts just it's they just fall into your lap. This, this person, whoever, whoever this person, uh, he is. has to be very handsome. Obviously, yeah, obviously, clearly, and and well spoken and well read. Good hygiene. Yeah, great hygiene. hygiene. Perfect man. Perfect. Loves, Fruit Loves continental Love, breakfast. Loves Fruit Loops. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jeff, uh, go ahead and refresh the Amazon bestseller list, and I'll let you get back to your tour. But thank you for spending some time with us this morning. That was great stuff, man. 
Always a delight. Thank you so much. Take care. Jeff Perlman, the last folk hero of the life and myth of Bo Jackson. Um, yeah, he's, uh, I saw him tweeting about So surreal to see his name on like the Amazon bestsellers yeah. and top biographies. Would be amazing. Things like that. So. Uh, Diana tweets in, well, the hog story is pretty disturbing. And I, I thought to myself, yes, it is. Yes, it is. He was, I believe he was one of 10 children. And there's a part of me that thinks that they beat that hog to death so that they could eat it to have food. Honestly, like, it's a different world. I mean, this is also 1970s Alabama. Yeah, it's not now. Not now. We'd be totally wrong now. I mean, it's wild. Like, my mom grew up very, very rural. Was born here in San Diego, but they moved to Wynn, Arkansas. And you want to, I mean, like, I'm talking like dirt floors, the she and her sister shared like a dress. Like it, it, they ate beans like six days a week and roast on Sunday. It was a different time. It was a different world. And I think honestly, like people did what they had to do. I don't. I he didn't clarify, and I didn't ask him. And I should have. I, maybe I'll read the book. I don't know that they did it for sport. Does that make sense? Right. I, I really don't. I don't know that it they wasn't did just it. killing time and, and just ki- killing let's, a hog. Let's kill a hog to kill a hog. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? But. Um, it certainly was a different time. It doesn't. If I heard that now, I'd be like, "Oh my god!" If a draft pick was coming out, they're like, yeah. "Hey, he beat up a hog with I'd, a baseball." I'd be like, "Okay, this guy's clearly maybe insane." Not draft that guy. Yeah, but correct. yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, 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 Jeff appearing on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet find new roads. That was awesome, by the yeah. way. He's uh, incredible. We will do uh, take on woods if anyone's tuning in. What what happened to take on woods? One hour from now, we'll just do it at 810 instead of 710. Back things up a little bit today. Uh, but uh, we do have Don't Do This coming up next. I have, I have, we can discuss, I have a couple of things that from the weekend that we didn't get to, uh, including, can we talk about the end of the live golf season? Sure. I would like to do that. Okay. You know, it's kind of a perpetual don't do this for me. Yes, but, it is. Uh, we will get to that and more coming up. Stay tuned. Ben Woods continues after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fam. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You're a dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. A lot of different sports to bet on right now. Don't make stupid bets. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and more. Visit BetQL.com or download the BetQL app today. One thing I would never bet on, live golf. Although Dustin Johnson has been a pretty good bet. They just wrapped up their season over the weekend. Not bad. I have to say, for Dustin Johnson, it was a do-do this. Yeah. He ended up making, just in prize money, over $35 million between individual winnings and team earnings. I mean, way, way, way more than you'd ever make on the PGA Tour. So, from that aspect, I get it. Free money is flowing like a faucet. Every other aspect of Live Golf, though, to me, has been a major don't do this. It, I mean, they have lost hundreds of millions of dollars. No one watched. I mean, how many minutes of live golf have you watched, Woods? Three. I have watched less than that, and I'm a major golf fan. I'm I love, a major golf I love fan golf. now. Yeah, and I have no, I have no interest in any of these tournaments. There's no stakes. They're laughing and joking in pre, pre-tournament news conferences. You know, ribbing each other. They think that's cool, but all it tells me is that none of them are feeling any pressure anymore to go out and perform. They know that they've already been guaranteed. Massive paydays. First of all, the signing bonuses, the $200 million for Phil, $150 million off the top for Dustin Johnson. And they know that even if they finish in last place, they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Pat Perez was making nothing on the PGA Tour anymore. You know, barely making cuts, you know, making, you know, 100000 a couple hundred thousand here or there at the most. He made millions and millions on, on the Live Tour. There's no pressure to perform. There's no stakes at all. There's no history. There's nothing. It is, to me, one of the biggest failures of a sporting endeavor I've ever seen. And I don't see that changing even as they ramp up to 14 events next year. They have no TV deal, nothing in the works. Um, No one wants to pay them to carry their events. They're just going to keep hemorrhaging hundreds of millions of dollars until they pull the plug, I guess. 
because they have an almost unlimited supply of money to do that. But to me, it's just sad what they've done to the world of golf and taken all the interesting storylines and all the great competition and pretty much thrown it out the window. Yeah, what will be interesting, too, is I I think I, obviously it's more well-backed than, than, you know, the XFL or something like that, right? Um, what will be interesting to me is I think when it eventually does go belly up uh, or just the interest has waned so much that at some point you got to think no matter how much money you have, all right, guys, we've laid out $200 million. No one really cares. Yeah, we're... Two? They've probably lost close to a billion dollars right, right. just this year, so and we, they're going to do it again next year. We laid that out. We're not really getting much return on our investment. Um, it was fun to shake off, off the golf world. You do wonder, because here's the deal. All those guys are going to apply for reinstatement, and guess what? They're going to get back in, and they should. But how will they be? Like, will they still be... You know, you think about a guy like Cameron Young, right? Young, 25 years old, a force on tour, and and an up-and-comer. After playing a couple of years of meaningless tournaments, which are basically like the tournaments I played in, except for a lot more prize money, dude, like, are they still going to be able if, to come back and be If what I was they the were? PGA Tour, here's what I'd think about doing. Making a one-time on, like, amnesty one-time offer. One-time offer. Like, you, want you come it, back, now. you can get full full rights reinstated. It's all we forgotten. welcome you back, everything forgotten. Yep. You don't take this offer, you never come back again. You're in live for the rest of your life, or until... Even if Liv goes belly up, you do not get back in. If One it goes time. out, if it goes, if it goes up in three years, you're not. You don't get to play in any of our golf tournaments ever again. But if you come back now, everything is forgiven. Literally, hundred percent. Keep all your money that you made. Yeah, come on back, and it's a clean slate. Come back where your world rankings, your points, it's all reinstated. You're Interesting. back. One time offer. I wonder how many would say, "Please let me come back." Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Uh, Kanye West been in the news a lot lately, but there's some video that surfaced of him over the weekend as, uh, well, I mean, a frustrated parent, Ben. He was at a soccer game watching one of his kids play. Uh, Saint was the child that was playing soccer. You can see Kim Kardashian sitting in a uh, lawn chair watching the game. And then you see Kanye's about 30 feet away, and he's very animated. And I don't, no one knows exactly what he was mad about. Maybe the officiating of said soccer game. Uh, but... A family friend walked up to Kanye, and you can see them, like, he, you can see him agitated. The hands are, he's mad. He's a, he, he walks away. He pulls the storm out, Steve. Storms off the uh, field, which is hard. And then he did the hardest thing ever, the walk back onto the field. <laughs> <laughs> after, you, after you storm out, you slam a door, you walk off, and you go, crap, I got to go back in there. <laughs> and that's what he did. I left my family. I left my family. I got to. I got to get back in there. Got to go back. It's bad, but uh, listen, not the first uh, dad to be upset at a, his child's soccer game, but certainly, you know, you wonder obviously what's going on uh, with him. But yeah, they did. They caught him. Benny was uh, very, very animated at this game and stormed out, and then sheepishly walked back onto the field of play without further incident. Finally, uh, I think you can go either way on this. Uh, do do this or don't do this. But if you're looking for a free trip to the upcoming World Cup in the Middle East, got a pretty sweet deal for you. The organizers of the World Cup in Qatar are paying fans to travel to the tournament. And the only catch is it will only cost you, Woods, your soul. Well, not your soul, but you do have to promise 
to only give positive reviews to your experience and the country on social media. We give away this program for free, and we don't get 100% positive <laughs> no, reviews. No, we don't. We don't. They, they are willing to pay the way, and they've already started uh, bringing like a group of uh, 50 Dutch fans paying for flights and hotels, and all they had to do was say, all we'll do is just positive comments on, on Twitter and Facebook about how much we love Cutter and going to the World Cup in Cutter. I would imagine that a, a, a person that would want to go to the World Cup in Cutter would probably already be kind of excited yeah, about it. Like I think that's that's an easy no in terms. Yeah, in terms of uh, it's it's not that onerous of a task to get your your freight paid all the way. It's not cheap, I think, to fly to the Middle East. I mean, it's you're definitely a sellout, but yeah, I would oh, yeah. sign up for that. Like if they said, Woodsy, you got to go to the Masters <laughs> on us. And just say nice things. No problem. Yeah. Just where, to, where do I sign? Don't start tweeting about, you know, LGBTQ rights in the Middle East or things like that. Right. Just it's go. Just all very positive. Stay positive And, yeah. Don't, Woodsy, don't bitch about the egg salad at the Masters. <laughs> just eat it. Just suck it. it down. You loved it. You loved it. The Arnold Palmers were great. <laughs> Everything was great. And that's don't and do do this for a Tuesday. That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. All right, uh, we started our off-season, really, Padres discussion yesterday. But let's uh, let's list some priorities going forward. We know what some of the issues and holes are that they're going to have to fill. But let's assume we live in a world of finite resources. That I Peter Seidler's we always, do, actually. Peter Seidler's always challenging that notion. <laughs> but you do have to prioritize at some point. You know, where are you going after first? Where you put the bulk of your resources? Where can you, where can you go a little bit less in the off season? Where can you and, skimp? Yeah, where can you skimp a little no bit skimping. if you had to? No I mean, skimping. you're just going to get the best free agent at every single thing. Every there single are other one. teams that are competing for these people as well. You know, <laughs> pay them more. Uh, that's I guess that could be the possibility as well. But we're going to try to prioritize uh, when we come back with Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. No masterpiece. Hey. Ten bad babs and they after me. Bad. One bad bad look like a masterpiece. Uh. Looking for a dunk like an athlete. Uh. Big drip, what you call it? Big drip. Yeah. Ice chain, peeled water. Ice, ice, ice. You got the cab, but can't afford them. Cash. You got the bad, but can't afford them. Give me the beat, I ride it like a jet ski. Hey. So many bad bad, they harassing me. Bad. They like me cause I rap and be with the athletes Ooh. Stop asking me, uh, I know they mad at me nah. Hop in the coupe, then I slide like it's Vaseline Excuse West Coast 6, 4 jump like a trampoline six, Take a brick out, put it on the triple beam I'm not, not from Canada, Canada, but I see uh, a lot of teams right. rest in peace, shout out to his family Really sad this morning Take off from Migos Was uh, shot and killed over the, uh, over the evening Over a dice game And I don't know, where did it go down, Paulie? Uh, Houston. Uh, Houston. Houston, I believe. Yeah. At a bowling alley. Playing dice at a bowling alley. Downtown Houston. Yeah, he's 28 years old. That's a, I mean, massive, massive band, Migos. I don't know which one he is, I'm embarrassed to say. There's Quavo, there's Offset, and then there was Takeoff. I don't know which one he is. I'll be doing a breakdown later. You will, okay. No. Schooling our audience. But uh, I remember this song well. It was uh, Eric Hosmer's walk-up song. I know that Migos is short for Amigos, which means friends in Spanish. Yep. I don't even actually know that. No, it's probably a, a decent just guessing, a decent uh, deduction that you just made. I saw our uh, our beloved Steve Sugimoto devastated by the news. Yeah, this is his generation. No. This is like his Led Zeppelin. This right. is Takeoff coming up. This is the chorus. The next verse is Takeoff. Oh, okay. The next verse. Let's see. You got the cab, can't afford You got the bad, can't afford Takeoff. No limit to the money. That's him? I picked the dangle, took a flight across the country. He's the one I think I like the most. Hit the store to get some backwards and left the right running. Looking like they're blind, but we already on it. That sucks, man. So young. Dude, 28, you said? 28 years old. Shot over a dice game, man. Breaks my heart. I don't have a lot to add. I'm shocked. I'm curious when people throw dice, what they're actually like. Like, what game are they playing? Craps. You're actually like like home games of craps. Yeah. Like you're playing against someone else, not against like the house. Right. That's dice. Is craps? Yeah, you play craps. Okay. Yeah. Shooting dice. I thought maybe there was another another game that was going on. I mean, there might be. Do you have a big table or what? Are no, you no. Doing? You throw it against the against wall. The, yeah. Just, just I taught Bo how to throw dice. Paulie got me some dice <laughs> from in Vegas, and I <laughs> I taught Bo how to throw it and hit the wall and. I remember one time at a party uh, when I was like 21, 
uh, playing dice, and I lost my watch. <laughs> no, no kidding. Of course you did. <laughs> Swear to God. Swear to God, I lost my watch. Uh, okay. Lead, take us up to the steps that lead up to well, losing your watch. you had 75 beers, and... Okay, but... <laughs> But your, your I assume said, it started, you had some cash that you lost correct. first. Yeah, it probably lost like 60 bucks. And then when does it escalate? Did you sell the watch for cash or did you just put the watch put on the, the watch, table? I put the watch in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. And did someone like determine a value for that watch I to make it, it a fair wager? I think it was valued at about $150. Okay. So there you go. Lost my All right, watch. but now you robbing me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I lost, I lost my watch. Playing, Give me 300 uh, Playing dice. That was it. Raymond, is that you? Is that you? No, nah, no, nah, this ain't Raymond. Oh, man. Well, bummer. Bummer that uh, Takeoff is no longer with us, no longer with Migos, and they will, uh, I'm sure, be releasing statements and what else. But, um, yeah, it was a bummer to wake up to. Hate, hate to see that cut, uh, life cut short like that. Your kids may not function on demand, but 97.3 The Fan always will. Download and subscribe to the Ben and Woods, Coach John Quintero, Gwen and Chris podcast on the free Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. We'll turn our attention to the Padres, try to prioritize the off-season needs after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So, Woods, I don't think, you know, figuring out where the Padres' areas of need lie is very difficult. We've already really done that. Everyone has. It's uh, starting rotation depth. You could add a bat at first base if you wanted or a designated hitter. And I think you need to address, first and foremost, your own opt-out free agents, depending on who opts out. Nick Martinez, Robert Suarez, Jerickson Profar, possibly. That's three guys right there yeah. that you just named, though, that I I, I would say, okay. not not desperately, but I, I would love to see all three of okay, those I'm, guys Okay, I'm back. glad you, you said that, because I always, I kind of worry about these conversations when we say, let's prioritize things, because you seem to have a tendency, everything is of top priority, it's always a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, and there's really not a lot of room. So you're you think that bringing those guys back is fairly high. Not not maybe a 10, but it's it's near the top of your priority list this offseason. Uh, yeah, I would love it. Look, I, and it goes beyond just production, which, by the way, you got really, really good production from all three of those guys, right? So that to me is – and you know what else it doesn't do? It, you don't upset the apple cart, man. You, they're getting comfortable. They're happy. You're happy with their production. I love all three of those guys as a fan. And as a fan, let's see. Never interviewed Profar. Never talked to Nick. Never talked to Robert Suarez. So this isn't a, hey, let's bring back a guy just because Woods thinks he's funny. No, I, I like them. I like those guys. I think they are absol- I think they're Padres. I, I, I look at them and I see Padres. I also like them, but I'm going to be a little more objective and say that none of them are irreplaceable. I, I would love to have them back, sure. Do you think the Padres should vastly overpay, though, to bring back Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez and Jerickson Profar? They are other guys in the league that can do what all three of them did last year. Some, maybe even better players that you could get that do what all three of those guys do. Now, we're fond of them. We have good memories of them. Um, you know, A warm place in our heart, probably, for all three of them based on last season. But objectively... Do I think that that should be like the major priority at the expense of other things? No. No, it's kind of the five. That's it's, weird. It's a, because, middle, it's a middle ground for me. That's weird because I feel like addressing and bringing back guys that performed for you that are good fits here, 
I feel like that takes that should, in my opinion, take priority like over but really, going out and getting Jacob DeGrom or Two something. of those guys, though, we're talking about are bullpen guys. And the well, bullpen potentially. Yeah, you could move Nick Martinez into the starting rotation, which I think which would then potentially address what I think is your number one starting pitching area of need. That's that's deep starting pitching. That's like the nine on my urgency list well, of what the, the Padres need to do. But Benny, the thing is, is that's your number one priority priority along with twenty nine other teams' number one priority. So you want to talk about Colonel Budget, you want to talk about the prices, you know, priority. Like if you can get those guys back and again, just because they opt out doesn't mean you can't then flip that and say, hey, Lower annual value, but more years. Like what security means? Thirty-one-year-old Robert Suarez, or you know, how however old. Nick uh, and again, is. I like Suarez, but the bullpen tends to be the area of your team that fluctuates kind of up and yeah. down more randomly. Yeah, you know, a little bring bit mercurial. different guys. You got to put together a good bullpen to have success. But you know, one year Nick Tim Hill is good, and the next year he's not that good. You see this all the time in bullpens. If you're not. Other than your superstars, your Josh Hader types. But even he, is a he lo- waffled. There, he doesn't know? waffle that much. He, had, right. the, he, had, he the, had the stretch. He had the stretch. But for the most part, a lot of bullpen guys are kind of up and down. So I don't, well, ma- I don't make bringing specifically those guys back a major priority. There's, he's done, AJ's done a really good job at identifying. I mean, think about Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez. How many other boards were those guys on? I'm not sure that many. I'm really not. Uh, he went out, he found those guys, brought them back, had a history with, with Nick, but I trust him to do the same thing. Here, here, though, is one thing we always do, and we've done it together almost five years now. Beginning of the season roundtable, hey, what's one of the best, biggest strengths of the Padres? Oh, it's their bullpen. Well, in those four years previous to this one, they've always faltered. I mean, we have spent big money on bullpen arms that have done nothing here. Part of me says it's wiser to maybe wait to fill some of those needs until the trade deadline when you know exactly what they are. Is it the bullpen? Is it first base? You can get by with who you have coming back. You can move Jake Cronenworth to first uh, and and put together a respectable team and then figure out who's available and what you really do need in July and make another big move then. You don't have to do everything in the offseason. You have the luxury of a good enough roster that you can be a little bit more patient. Where I think the major priority again, and I know you said it's – um. You know, every team needs starting pitching, and that's absolutely true. But what AJ really needs, and I think he's going to focus on, is not just filling out the starting rotation for this year. But remember, you Darvish and Blake Snell are both free agents after this next season. The Padres need starting pitching not just for 2023, but they need a 2024 and 2025 guy. They're looking for someone who they can probably plug in for the next three seasons. Maybe two guys who you can really plug in, control, whatever, make a trade. Somehow, someone that, that A.J. Preller has identified that can be more than a rental for a season as a number 4 starter. Maybe even another ace type that he likes near the top of the rotation that he thinks the Padres you know, can be a core piece for the middle part of the decade. Peter Seidler said to us, he said multiple times, this, the 2020s, it's the Padres' decade. He expects to be competitive year in and year out. Well, you need to figure out what you're going to do about your starting pitching then in the middle of the decade because it's it's fairly bare. Hugh Darvish is getting older. Blake Snell is going to be a free agent. You can't simply say we're just going to re-sign everyone and go with what we've got. You don't have a lot of you know top prospects in terms of starting pitching coming up. You must identify 
on the younger side, guys that you can somehow acquire, control, build up in your own organization that can be there for you in 2024 and 2025 and and 2026 and and create a new core of a starting rotation going forward. Well, I mean, that sounds great. I love it. I think on paper that's a great idea. But, again, you're talking about 29 other teams that are wanting to do the exact same thing that you're saying. You're you're, you're finding 29 other teams in baseball that are saying, man, I'd love to get a young, controllable guy that we're going to have for five years that's, uh, you know, a one, two, or three that we can plug right into our rotation. He's going to be here and only pay him six hundred grand a year. I mean, those guys don't grow on trees. I, I love that AJ has gone out and found some of these diamonds in the rough. Um, but, I, again, I don't know. I am not inside Nick Martinez. He, he's the, he really is the one that's most interesting to me because he had closed games for us. He was a setup man. He started games. He was a swing man. A guy like that to me is massively valuable, um, and and for me, I'm not. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go. He's not gonna get twenty million AAV from me. Not gonna get it really anywhere else. You know, he's not. But he's a guy I look at and go, I need him. I, and you saw how much Bob Melvin relied on him down the stretch and how good he was. So he's he of those three and Profar. Profar is another one. Like I'm absolutely comfortable with him filling that. Gaping hole in left field that was there last spring training that we all thought you said it, but we thought it. He filled it and he filled it admirably. If you would, had, I, would I have loved some more production from him? Sure, absolutely. What's he making? Seven million a year. If you had to bet like a year's salary on whether Jerickson Profar has a better season than last year or a worse season than last year, bro, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't do that for Aaron Joe. I wouldn't do it for anybody. Well, no, you baseball is one or the other. Volatile. It is volatile. There's no you, way. I would, think, there's not one player. I mean, I would I would bet that he has probably not as good of a season next year. And it's not I'm not it's not a knock on Jerickson Profar, but I thought we saw about the best of Jerickson Profar this last year. The odds are he's not going to be as good next well, year. Well, here's one thing we do know about Jerickson Profar. We do know that he changed his off-season routine and was working out with Tatis and grinding from day 1. Um, and he really improved. And again, you're talking about a guy that had a handful of starts in, in left field before last year, and he's out there piping guys at second base, playing a really, really good left field. Yeah, you know, his floor is probably higher than it was before. I'll grant you that. I mean, again, you, I, I, would, just, I, mean, I wouldn't sell him. I, I just don't know that he's he's at the stage of his career where you can expect constant getting you know progression upward every single year. You know, Jerickson Profar is what he is. And what he's going to be. I don't think there's a huge he, evolution still. How can you say that when he wasn't this? He's evolving now. We're watching him evolve. I'm not saying his one one year of evolution and then he's back to a, a, a slide. I don't know that you can say that with any certainty. We'll uh, invite Padres fans to chime in here coming up. 833-288-0973. Also, a delayed game of Take on Woods when we come back. We'll reset the show. If you want a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas, you'll have that opportunity coming up. All ahead, the second half of Ben Woods on the way on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.